Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. 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 It is a football Friday here on Birds 365, a summer football Friday, which means we're still in waiting mode. Only 11 days until the Eagles officially show up to start the 2023 season. I'm Jody McDonald, along with my partner, John McMullen. We've got a good one planned for you for the next two hours here on Birds 365. Uh, Johnny Mack, we will start at the top. We've been doing this here on Birds 365 for over three weeks. You've been putting it up on your SI.com site with uh, your partner and bud, Ed Kratz. Eagles 25 best players counting down from 25 to 1. We were down to 2 yesterday. And although you can somehow attempt to make an argument that, uh, I don't know, you, uh, Aaron Sipos is number 1 on the list. <laughs> Since there are a whole bunch of Eagles that haven't been named or mentioned, we're pretty sure who the top two are, and they're both offensive linemen on your number your number two on your Sports Illustrated list. Who comes in at number two so then people can figure out for uh, number, number two one. is Jason Kelsey, uh, which I don't think too many people are going to complain about. And then it becomes uh, evidence uh, who number one is. Interestingly, they were tied. Um and then the tiebreaker was uh, Jody McDonald. So. You had two, and uh, Ed had one. The reverse order. Uh, I had guys. I I had Lane uh, n- uh, number one overall, uh, and Ed. I'm trying to look at Ed's. Ed. Ed had Ed had to be number Ed two. Adam number three. Three. Oh, okay. And, uh, All right. And and Ed and it was flipped and and um. 
I had Jason number three, but I had AJ Brown number two. Uh, Ed pandering to the fans, the Nick Sirianni in him uh, had Jalen Hurts number two. Um, and uh, so it was, you know, very even, very tight. But my, my, uh, you've heard my definition enough to explain why. And I think under my definition, um, I think it's hard to argue against Lane Johnson. He was the most dominant player on perhaps the most dominant team in football. Um, the guy hasn't allowed a sack, Jody, since week 11, the 2020 season. Now, there were some injuries in the 2020 season. But either way, even if you want to wipe out 2020 and go to 2021, um, in this era, in this pass-happy ridiculous era and he's you know how many great pass rushers are now on his side and over the years whether it's been von miller to marcus lawrence uh you name it michael yep. parsons they moved over nothing nobody gets a sniff i you know it's not a sexy position um so i get why people always wanted to fall to the skill position people and there are a lot of great skill position players on this team. Um, but this guy's, when it comes to his particular job, this you can make an argument this guy's been the most dominant player in football. 18 games last year he played. Didn't allow a sack. Didn't allow a quarterback hit, Jody. A hit. And remember, late in the season and throughout the entire playoff run, when he's faced the New York Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Kansas City Chiefs, he did it with a torn adductor muscle. And nobody, nobody got to the quarterback. You would think by mistake somebody would get to the quarterback. Nope. I, I For me, obviously not for others, and I don't, I don't think you had him number one, um, it's not a slam dunk for others. For me, it was a slam dunk. I didn't even think about it. Most dominant player on the team. Right. Um, as I explained my list yesterday, and John and Ed did theirs, so I felt the necessity to do mine. Uh, I, I do give some credence to the importance of the position. Not as heavy-handed as maybe some others would. Quarterback is the most important position in deciding games week in and week out in the NFL. And the Eagles had, at least as per last year, the second-best quarterback in the league. He was runner-up uh, for the MVP and the two teams that were standing at the end with the MVP and the runner-up, the Chiefs and the Eagles, and the Chiefs found a way to win the game. So I had him as second-best quarterback in the league. That's enough for me to put quarterback as number one. So I had Jalen as number one. Oh, I'm with you. Lane is number two. Uh, as much as we all love Jason Kelsey and he had one of, if not his best year ever in the, in his entire career at the advanced age he had last year, he didn't have as good a year as Lane. You just ran through all the accomplishments. Like, it, it, non-competitive. Anybody playing against him didn't get hurt. Now, I don't want to restart and re-legislate the whole condition of the field in the Super Bowl, but he too was playing on a slippery field. Now, offensive linemen, uh, there's not as much necessity for leverage as there is a defensive lineman. So you're more at risk for slippage on the defensive line than you are the offensive line. 
But an offensive lineman could take a bad step. An offensive lineman could slip just as well. Did Lane? No, not even close. And he's playing against one of the best defensive players in the entire National Football League on many snaps, Mr. Bosa, last year. Didn't come close to touching Jalen Hurts. And there were no field issues against Nick Bosa that I'm aware of. I haven't heard San Francisco complain about that. So, you know, and over the years, I mean, Von Miller, I always go back to that Denver game in the 2017 season um, when Von Miller was still at the height of his game. Not that he's not a great player now, but um, he was at the height of his, his – uh, completely shut him down, completely shut him down. Over the years, Demarcus Lawrence was at, at times the best – left end in football. It's never snipped. It, it dominates him, dominates him on a consistent basis. Micah Parsons might be the best pass rusher now when they put him over there. Nothing, nothing. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, the, the run he's on, I assume at some point, somebody's going to get a sack on this guy, but I've been saying that for a lot of games now. Um, you know, and people say, you know, he gets deference and he kicks off and the ball starts. Well, part of that, he's, he's got the best kick step in football, Yep. number one. And I always talk about it. Look, I went through it with Tim Irwin. I tell that story all the time. As, you, as your reputation grows, do you get a little bit of advantage maybe over a young player? Sure. But you've earned it. You've earned it. Um, tremendous athlete, obviously. Um, played quarterback, you know, was a tight end before, and people bring up the PEDs. I, I, you know, this isn't baseball. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm just talking about dominance on the field. Um, and he, and he's one of the most dominant players in football. And that and goes for every position. And I get you, and I'm with you 100%. You know I've explained that. I'll tell you the most important player on the Eagles team all day long is Jalen Hurts. But I'll, I'll also tell, tell you, if God forbid Jalen Hurts gets injured, the most important player on the team becomes Marcus Mariota. To me, it's a different conversation. Yes, quarterback is always the most important part of the team, always. Whether you have a good one, a bad one, an indifferent one, a mediocre one, it's always the most important part of your team because that's the value of that particular position. The Eagles happen to have one of the best in football. I get it. People want to bring that into the equation. But if you're asking me which football player is the best at his particular job, it's Lane Johnson. And for me, it's a slam dunk. I, I, I see where you're coming from. And when I put my list together, I tried to, to find a happy middle ground of not just every position being created equal, to give some acknowledgement that quarterback is far and away the most important position, but not so much that all right, your quarterback is number one. If you're saying most important, uh, the uh, Ritter of Atlanta is exactly. their most important player. He's yeah. not their best player. Nobody would no. even begin to argue that, but he's their most important player because he plays quarterback. So I tried to mesh the two rather than just have strict hard separation but give some uh, uh, credence to the quarterback position. That's why Jalen was my number one. But Lane, you're right, is has to be number two because he has just been so good over the last few years. Uh, Kelsey was my three and your two. 
and if Jason Kelsey doesn't come back next year, you can blame either John or myself for not having him as number one because he's going to be ticked <laughs> off that he's not at the top of either of these. I players. think he'll be fine. You think, think you think good. he'll be able yeah. to roll with those punches? Yeah, that's still pretty good. Yeah, that's still pretty not, good. not too. And shabby. if you're top five on this team, you're good because the top five on this team, you know, if you want to put them in alphabetical order, you know, Brown, Hertz, Johnson, Kelsey, Reddick, that's the top five on this team. Every single one of them is an all pro level player. Every single one of them. Those were my top five as well. We had the same exact top five, just in a slightly different order by how we defined the list to begin with. But that's what we do in, during this uh, time of year is list have some season. fun with lists. Speaking um, of quarterback, you got to watch quarterback on Netflix, Jody. It is how, a tremendous show. How, tremendous how show. How many episodes have you watched? All of them. I oh, got you watched in the, the whole thing already? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I can tell, by the way, it's going to be – here's how uh, – it's like early hard knocks when I liked it, and you continued to be a fan. Even by episode – I think there's eight episodes. They're all right. The, the last two, I already started to get – all right, it's getting a little redundant. I can see down the road it's going to get redundant. But, I mean, it gives just a look – at at what quarterbacks go through, what they do, um, it's never been seen before, um, and it's just really, really interesting if you're a fan of football. And Marcus Mariota's a part of it, so you get to see him. He doesn't come across great at times, especially at the end in Atlanta. Unfortunately for Marcus, Jody, even you are going to garner a newfound respect for Kirk Cousins. If you watch this show and don't have a, a larger measure of respect for Kirk Cousins, you are hard. You are hard. Wow. Um, he got murdered by his interior offensive line. Like, here's the thing. As, as a reporter, I get access that other people don't get. Even I don't know, and I'll use Nate Gary as a local. I use him as a local example all the time. There are certain guys who play through injuries, and you don't hear a word about it. You don't hear a word about it. Even me, in the, you don't hear a word about it. And that was the thing with Nate Gary who played through a, a, a torn uh, core muscle injury, sports hernia, all season. And, I, and it was interesting to me for this reason. The coaching staff really liked Nate Nate Gary. And it was pretty obvious. He wasn't very good, let's be honest. For an NFL player, I always like to put that in it. For an NFL player, he wasn't very good. And the fans hated that poor guy. They hated him. And and I got this weird disconnect from Ken Plajol and Jim Swartz, who respected him so much. And I go, what, what, what am I missing here? What am I missing here? Not very good. The pants can't stand him. But the defensive coaches would swear by this guy and 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 jump on their sword for him and all that kind of stuff. And turns out he's playing through this injury, this really painful injury. And they they didn't have anybody else. So they just had so much respect for that kid for fighting through it and, and trying to give him what he gave him, which obviously wasn't good enough, 
And that's what you'll get from Cousins in this. I mean, he was destroyed, destroyed. And to my knowledge, and I don't cover the Vikings anymore, obviously, so I don't pay as close attention. I never saw him on the injury report once, once. So that Buffalo game, which is now famous, you know, because of the Jefferson play and the craziness at at the end of the game, I mean, they got a mic. I mean, he shouldn't be on the field. He shouldn't be on the field. And he's making these throws. And then they go behind the scenes and they, they show you what he does during the week to get ready, just to get ready to play. And he shouldn't be out there. And no, to my knowledge, nobody knew that. I didn't know that. Um, and he played at such a high level. And even going back to the last play against the Giants that we talked about on this show that he got shat upon about, and rightfully so, threw it underneath the sticks. They they showed the play, and and and, and Jefferson double team, nobody a bad play called by Kevin O'Connell. It's only one place to go. He threw it to Hawkinson. You hope the guy breaks a tackle. He didn't break a tackle. I, if, if even Jody McDonald, I swear to you, if you watch these eight seasons, these eight, I, I can, John, I can tell you right now, it's not happening. Um, I, 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 I guarantee I, it will go up. The level of respect will go here. up. The last play, the thing you just described, can't happen. It, it's it's metaphysically impossible. You have to throw the ball to Jefferson. I don't care if he's quadruple team. Can't throw the ball short of the stick. That's I agree just, with you. That's a bad decision. There's no defending it as you just attempted to by saying no. it was the only no, place no, he could I throw agree the with ball. You. I no, I disagree. The... He, there were other places. He could throw it into the stands. It would have been the I said that's what he did against Buffalo. Sticks. From that day, I said that's what he did against Buffalo. He just threw it up. Exactly. He just threw it up. So why did you attempt to defend him just now? I didn't defend. Uh, what I'm trying to do is you put sole blame on Kirk Cousins. I'm saying the coach, the play call, the players, the offensive line who let Dexter Lawrence through. Like perhaps if he had an, an extra tick of a second, he could have thrown the football up to Justin Jefferson. But Dexter Lawrence beat the left guard in like this, and he was on him. So all I'm saying is, again, it's always – to, uh, and I said this with Clark Judge in a, on a different discussion, on a different aspect. Everybody, and I and I was talking about that podcast I listened to, and I'm not going to throw the kid under the bus, where San Francisco going back and forth, San Francisco, Philadelphia, all they're talking about is quarterback. Well, Jalen Hurts is better than Brock Purdy. Well, Brock Purdy's 7-0. All they're talking about is stinking quarterbacks. Look, I get it. They're the most important player on the field. That's what I just talked about. But there are other players on the field. There are other coaches. Ezra Cleveland, Kevin O'Connell, everybody threw Kirk Cousins under the bus. Yes, he made a bad decision. He admits it. I admit it. But there are other people involved putting in bad positions. If you want and to I share get, the blame, that's perfectly fine. You're right. They're out there. There's 11 guys. There's coaches. There's everybody. It's not just one guy. There is one guy that's above all others, and that's the quarterback, but he is not by himself on an island. You are correct. But what you said was it was the only place he had to throw the ball. 
I disagree with that statement, even if it means throwing an interception, even if it means forcing it into triple coverage, the quarterback has to know that he has to do that. And he didn't do it on that play. So that's why I blame Kirk Cousins. You want to share the blame? I'm all for it. Bad play called. Jefferson couldn't get separation. The offensive line didn't get their job done. I'll agree with you on all of that, that it wasn't Kurt all by himself. But at the end of the play, the quarterback has to yeah, make which that I, I've, I've agreed with. And he made his decision to throw the ball to a guy who had yet achieved the first down. So that's why he is at the top of the blame list for me. And he doesn't get a pass because of everybody else. That's, I didn't give him a pass, Jody. You're focused. I just gave you all the context. And you're focused on the one cement. We always get into this. You're focused on the one semantical word because I said at the start that it was the only place he could throw. Correct. Then I gave you all the context, but you stopped right there and said, oh, that's what you said, so it's over. Well, maybe I, I missed it. was over, John. I'm just, I'm just asking you, do you want to stand by that? He threw the ball to the only place he I could throw I just gave you the entire context, and you're asking me if I want to stand. I said what I said. Anybody can listen to it. I said the left guard got beat in two seconds. I said Jefferson was double teamed. I said Kevin O'Connell got a bad play call. I said you, even Jody McDonald, will gain respect if you watch the eight episodes of this particular uh, television show. And I stand by that. I dare you to watch the eight episodes, which I know you're going to do at some point anyway. I, I watched and the come first back two. and come back, and I guarantee it might not be. He's a great quarterback because he's not a great quarterback. He's he's borderline top 10. But you will gain more respect after watching that show. All I'm saying. I would not be surprised if that's the case. I'll say this, and we got BLG waiting in the green room. We'll get to him in a second. He's a likable guy. I, I don't know Kirk Cousins from Adam. I've never seen any features on him or whatever. He's a straight shooter. He's a likable guy. Seems like a real good dad. Seems like the kind of guy, guy you want to root for. I'll give you that right now. And I've only watched two of the eight episodes, but off the first two. And his wife seems like a doll, too. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give Kirk Cousins credit on that given play. He's got to eat some of it. Sorry. That's just, I, I, he, 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 you want to share the blame in 2020 hindsight. That's fine. But he's not getting a pass for me. And I, I think we both need to pick and choose our words carefully when we say something. And you're going to call me on the carpet when I say something that I might want well, to pull back on a little up. bit. I, I thought you'd do the yeah. same. You chose not to. You want to stick by the fact that he threw the, well, the ball to the only place. I wouldn't have a problem ball. if you asked me to stick by if I didn't give 10 minutes of context after the word I said. You That's still what I come by. John, John. That's what I stick by, the 10 minutes of context. That's okay. what I stick by. That's what I stick here's, by. Here's a simple question. We got the Brandon Lee gap. It's, it's a yes or no question. Do you want to stand by Kirk Cousins through the ball, the only place he could throw the ball? Uh, I, I want to stand by the 10 minutes. Anybody can rewind. Live show, on demand. It's a yes or the... no question, John. No, it's not, Jody, because you shut off. After I, that sentence, I didn't shut off. I, I agreed not. with everything you said thereafter. Then why are you asking me the question if I stand by? I stand by the 10 minutes of context. Here's the thing. As a, I, I used to debate in college. And the first thing they teach you, don't agree with somebody else's premise if you don't agree with it. I'm not accepting your premise 
because I gave 10 minutes of context of my beliefs. I took so the bait in college too, John, me, and they and they teach you when you are asked a yes or no question. You no, give they yes don't, no Jody. No, they don't. I don't have to accept somebody's premise I don't agree with. If you do that, you're going to lose the debate. Not that I care about winning or losing the debate. The only thing I, I get frustrated by is, again, you just listened to my 10 minutes of context and you're asking me if I'm standing by something that maybe I misspoke for a second and ignoring the 10 minutes of context. Uh, yeah, that fires me up I, a little if bit. You, if you felt I ignored you, I apologize for that. Yeah. I didn't. I agreed with everything you and said. Then, then I don't know what we're arguing about. You agreed with everything I said, but then you're going back and you want to put me in this uh, box. Well, of, yeah, what we're arguing about is... Semantics. Yeah. Brandon yeah. Lee Gatton's coming up next here on Birds Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Appreciate you streaming in. We are lucky enough to get Brandon Lee Gowden, the editor-chief and uh, main cook and bottle washer doing everything over at the Leading Green Nation. Jumping aboard with us on uh, Birds 365. BLG, how many episodes of The Quarterback on Netflix have you watched? That's uh, zero right now. Yeah, I have to I get to that. Yet, huh? yeah. I'm behind on my watching of many things uh, that included. But I love the passion you guys are bringing. We're, we're more than a week July, away until yeah, training July camp. 14th passion. Yeah. Yeah, people like when Jody, Jody and I argue. We apologize for, uh, I don't know, people like it. So <laughs> at least we can make the people happy. Um, now, Marcus Murray, I will say this when you get to the show. It's a very good show, Brandon. But Marcus Mariota is the third quarterback. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's it's Kirk Cousins. It's Marcus Mariota. I don't know if people are going to like the Marcus Mariota portion. At least he, he does not come across as, as, as well as the other two. Now, part of that is natural. I mean, Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl. Uh, so everything is copacetic. Best player in football. MVP. Yada, yada, yada. Cousins wins 13 games, goes to the playoffs, disappointment, uh, but at least they made the playoffs, and Marcus gets benched. Oh, by the way, he got benched the day after his his child was born, so that was kind of, I don't know if Arthur Smith <laughs> is the mo- most tactful person, but then he left the organization, you know, went back to Las Vegas, ultimately then... He became an afterthought in the show. I guess I shouldn't spoil, but long story short, Brandon, did not come across great. Um, you think that's going to have any relevance to Eagles fans because he's the backup. He's not, he's going to be in the background, but you're always one play away. Yeah, definitely. It was a weird situation last year. Um, I think the Eagles were kind of more uniquely qualified than maybe some other teams to kind of dive into his background, the connections uh, on their coaching staff. Jason Michaels, former offensive coordinator, included in there. So I think, and, you know, some of his former teammates too, even though they added him later, like someone like Alameda Zacchaeus. So, um, you know, I think they have some insight to that situation. And I think that, you know, they feel like he fits. And um, I think, you know, Marcus is at a point here where uh, it's it's more clear to him, whereas last year he entered the season as the starter and yeah. certainly – um, you know, had that kind of role. I think he's he knows he's going into a situation where that is not the case this year. And he had yeah. that role in Vegas, to be fair. And he was, you know, he was fine uh, behind Derek Carr. So just interesting because now it'll be front and center um, and maybe didn't come across. And maybe it's unfair because you can edit these things in, in certain ways. So uh, I think it will be interesting when Eagles fans get to see it, though. We'll see how it shakes out with Mariota as the backup here. And I'll tell you the one thing you haven't watched yet, BLG. He's gray. When, when did Marcus, wasn't it just like 10 minutes ago, everybody was screaming, do the deal, do the deal, trade for the Heisman Trophy winner, Chip Kelly and he are going to be yeah. the marriage made in heaven for a decade here in town. Now he's gray. He's just having his first kid and he's gray. What the hell, Marcus? I guess that season took more out of him than we thought. Well, yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a kid now, so you turn gray right away. Before he had the kid, the the, the kid was just on the way. A lot of stress, man. 
A lot hey, of at stress. Least he, at least he has some hair. And I say that as someone who is oh, also you know, doesn't yes, have sir. any. That's me too. So there you okay. go. he's wearing a cap, <laughs> but you're looking at three baldies here. All right. Uh, you mentioned that the Eagles were specifically qualified to be able to judge person character and uh, previous issues and did he or didn't he quit on the Falcons last year. I guess yesterday's news comes as no surprise to the Eagles. It shouldn't really come to surprise to the Eagle fans either that another lawsuit has cropped up from the uh, car accident uh, that their number one draft pick was in. Um, I'm sure the Eagles did all every, and they knew that this was a possibility when it gets filed, it's going to be attention grabbing and it's going to spotlight the the player in question that much more. Eagles knew that this was a possibility, right? They're they're ready to roll with any of the punches of any of the legalities that come down uh, with their first round draft pick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we all know. Um, Dom DeSandro, the Eagles head of security, basically, you know, he's, he's one of the best in the business at his job. These kind of things are certainly, uh, on his radar. I don't know if he's getting blindsided by anything like this. Um, obviously, uh, when they traded up for him, when they made that pick, they knew there was a situation that came with this. Then there's a reason why he fell, uh, to number nine. There's also the, um, uh, civil suit against him uh, that was brought up in May. So, you know, there, there's some things going on here. And uh, I guess we're just going to see how they play out legally. Yeah. And I got, you know, from the Eagles standpoint, I obviously I think the criminal aspect was more important than the civil aspect. I think they're always aware, you know, once you have a lot of money, I mean, that's just part of it. Uh, There's going to be a civil suit. And, you know, the issue from a football perspective becomes there. You know, does that we were just talking about stress, joking around with Marcus having a kid. I mean, there are real life issues. This, the stress of that, you know, affect Jalen Carter on the field. We just have to wait and see. Um, to me, it was a worthwhile gamble though. I mean, I think that is the most talented player in the draft and the Philadelphia Eagles who went to the Super Bowl, um, arguably got the most talented player in the draft. I think that's, a worthwhile investment. That's a worthwhile roll of the dice. How often are you in a position to get that type of talent when you're that good? Um, And if it doesn't work out, sure, they're going to get killed. But I'll still say, even if it doesn't work out, Brandon, I'll still say that was a worthy pick. Your thoughts from that sort of scenario. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's fair to say, you know, you you make decisions based on the information you have at the time. The information is that Jalen Carter, like you said, might be the best, or at least one of the very best prospects in the entire draft. And I also think, you know, you have to add, not that you draft for need, but you have to add in the context. You lost Javon Hargrave. That's a huge deal. Um, And not to say that Jalen Carter can just come in and instantly be a one-for-one replacement, Um, but to lose Javon Hargrave and then have no real uh, viable suitable option uh, coming in to replace that production. Like to, to get Jalen Carter was a really big deal, not just for this season, but also moving forward with Fletcher Cox, probably, you know, potentially finally in his last year uh, in Philly um, to have someone in there for the long term, uh, along with Jordan Davis, obviously the Eagles hope that's a big deal. Let me stay at the DT position then. If Carter is a rookie, and they're not just going to throw him in the number of slaps, snaps, like you said, a one-on-one replacement uh, for Javon Carter. So that means you're going to need some assistance replacing Javon uh, Hargrave elsewhere. Is this a potential breakout year for Milt Williams? 
I know they're not the exact same player. And even in the limited defensive tackle position, as we saw last year with their first round draft pick, there are specific type of plays and responsibilities you have. You can't just throw all defensive tackles into the same exact hopper and expect them to do the same and play the same. What's Milt Williams' role and how big a contributor can he be for this team this year? I think by the end of the season, like in the Super Bowl, the Eagles were using like six defensive tackles. So they're going to rate, or I think they're <laughs> going to rotate those guys again and be doing it heavily. So, you know, maybe the the sack production doesn't jump up in this major way. He went from two to four uh, last year. Certainly that's a step in the right direction. You know, I don't know that he's getting to double digits this year, but certainly I think you could see um, an increase from that four number and maybe more than about the actual stats itself. It's just kind of the impact that you see when he's on the field. I mean, yeah, I think just that whole rotation, um, it's important that they all step up because when you lose Javon Hargrave, I don't think it's just as simple as, you know, one guy is going to be able to do that. And when you have Fletcher, Fletcher Cox here, but, you know, he's getting older, um, ideally you want to play him fewer snaps and keep him fresh in those. You really want this heavy rotation, and I think that's what it's going to be again. So, you know, Milton's going to be part of that, and um, he's kind of the forgotten man, I think, in a little bit in that you have – Cox back. Uh, you have uh, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, the, the two first round picks everyone's excited about. They even signed Contavious Street, who I think could be on the team and is coming off a nice little year that he had as a rotational player. Um, so Milton Williams might get lost in the shuffle there when you kind of look at the, uh, the the position from a from afar. But uh, I think he certainly will have an important role in this team. You know, you mentioned heavy the heavy rotation, BLG, and I, you know. The Eagles are so deep on the defensive line. It's really impressive. Uh, you know, I remember going back in this season, I think it was Bucky Brooks um, rated the Eagles defensive line, the top position group in the entire NFL. Do they, are, are they too deep? And, and by that, I mean, there's certain guys. And, and the one issue I have with the Georgia guys is that, you go to Georgia, and when they were in college, they didn't play a lot because they had so much talent. They rotated very similar, and conditioning was an issue. Jordan Davis has admitted it. That's what he was working on in the offseason, conditioning, uh, getting in better shape so he can play more snaps. You remember Javon Carter's pro day when he was having all the stress of the legal issues and couldn't finish some drills. We asked everybody about that. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. When I have players like that, I want them on the field a little bit more than the Contavious Streets or the Milton Williams or the Marlon Tui Pelotus. Not that they're not good players, and if somebody gets injured, you'd much rather be the Eagles than somebody else. Am I making any sense by saying maybe the rotation is too deep? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to rotate for the sake of rotating, but certainly um, if you have guys, you know, who can help a little bit and, and you know, give these guys a break um, and allow the, the main guys to go like full steam ahead in a limited, more limited amount of snaps so they can really give you um, their max. And not only in a given game, but really I think it's about the course of the season and knowing and hoping that you're going to go really deep into the year. And then I think you start to really, you know, increase those snap counts for the star players, such as Jalen Carter. Uh, or whoever really is heating up at that point. And I think that's what it's all about. It's about the, the bigger picture in mind. And it's kind of an interesting situation for the Eagles in that, 
you know, I don't think anything necessarily is set in stone here where um, I think they're going to, that rotation is going to skew towards whoever is producing and proving they deserve that playing time. So it's not like a, you know, a, a training camp position battle necessarily, but it could be this kind of ongoing development as the season goes along. VLG prediction question from you. And I know your site does a lot of work with other similar sites and other towns with other teams in the NFL specifically the teams in the NFC East. How many yards is Matt Breida going to rush for this year as the lead back of the New York Giants when Saquon <laughs> Barkley says, yeah, I'm not signing this stupid franchise tag? Uh, I think Saquon's going to be back in the fold at some point. I don't know how. Um, I don't know when, but I would be surprised if we're not seeing Saquon. I mean, it, just, it doesn't really make sense for players to sit out like that. You just... It's very rare. Obviously, you know, you can point to someone like Le'Veon Bell, but that's just not really. And he and he said he regretted that, by the way. So he, he should. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he went from the best running back in football to basically nothing after sitting out that year. Uh, so yeah, I, that was uh, a yeah, bad decision. I think Saquon's going to be back in uh, due time. Yeah, so I agree with he, you. Tough to leave that money on the table. If we can all agree that it's been tried and failed before, why even go there? That does he really think that the Giants are gonna go, oh man, Saquon might sit out. We better ante up our offer by five, ten million dollars. Why do they even go down this road if uh, all three of us who know a little bit about football go, Yeah, remember Le'Veon Bell? Doesn't work. Go ahead and try. He's gonna blow up in your face. Why do they go there? And Josh Jacobs is doing the same thing. He's threatening, he's not coming in yeah. and Vegas either. I think it's all part of the game. You know, negotiations take place, mm-hmm. conversation happens, um, deadline spur action, as people like to say. And the deadline is what for the tag? Is it tomorrow? It's, yeah, it's, it's coming out. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think that's when things start to heat up. Right. Certainly, the Daniel Jones contract like was heating up right as um, the, the tag deadline window was closing. So, you know, I think something will come to a head at that point when the, with the deadline here. And I think we'll see some kind of resolution. Yeah, it's a deadline-driven league. I mean, that's all the leverage they have is what I would say, Jody. They don't right. really have to say you try it. It's probably not going to work, but you try it, and then it comes down to you're going to walk away from that much money. And then as BLG astutely points out, Le'Veon Bell did it, but you know uh, <laughs> that might be more of a reason to sign the franchise tag and just take your medicine and ultimately play. I do think that's going to happen with Saquon. I want to go to the 49ers because it's you, you mentioned July 14th. Keeps ramping up, man. Zach Gelb's helping out, uh, getting Debo <laughs> Samuel to hang up. Uh, uh, it keeps talking out. Now we got another report that Brock Purdy's going to be ready for week one. Mm. I don't know why the 49ers keep going down that route. There's no reason to say, you know, he's going to be ready. You have this sort of built-in excuse. I've talked about that a lot, but for some reason they want to uh, put that narrative out there and we'll see. And none of us are doctors, but from the, from the rivalry standpoint, uh, Shody and I have talked about this. I I think it's, I think it's more fan driven than Mm. organization driven uh, with the 49ers and Eagles, but you know, why Why do you think it's ignited to the point it has? I don't even think, so from my perspective, I don't even think it's necessarily like Eagles fans hating 49ers fans. And I don't even know 49ers fans across the border, like 
unanimously supporting these kind of players who are, are saying what they're saying. Um, it, it seems to me that when it's a pattern, it's like multiple people. He had Robbie Gold, he had Debo Samuel, he had Jimmy Ward. Like, there was a lot of people. And I just said Robbie Gold in there. How are you going to have a kicker, like, talking trash? <laughs> That's just, I know he's a, you know, a, a, a successful NFL kicker with history, but come on. Um, yeah, to me, there, there's some kind of lack of leadership, I feel like. like. You know, Kyle Shanahan has his fingerprints all over that team when it comes to not just, like, coaching, but personnel, I feel like, in the whole organization. Uh, so uh, when you have that, and you have someone not like telling them to to be quiet, which I think they should do. I think that's kind of a lack of leadership there at some level, and it's I think it's a really bad look. And it kind of reminds me of um, it's there's these teams sometimes that get obsessed with how their season ends, and that becomes like defined. Yeah, that's who a they bad are. sign. That's a bad it, sign. It is, and yeah. I would say like for recent examples, you could look at the Bills, you know, with the the overtime rule and whatnot. They got so obsessed with that. You could look at the Bears got so obsessed with their kicker situation after yeah. uh you know the double doink that they were like practicing kicks from the 33 yard line matt and Nagy was having them do it in training camp i think the 49ers are like one of those teams that's like getting a little too obsessed with how their season ended and isn't turning the page necessarily to 2023 blg uh let me make you the message carrier for the 49ers right now and if your message was yeah it looks like brock Purdy's gonna be able to start the first game would you specifically obfuscate or keep that under wraps like Nick Sirianni to get a competitive advantage by not being forthcoming with either your team or your fan base or whatever, uh, that you don't know who your quarterback is? Or would you be honest and say, yeah, all our reports say he's going to be ready for the first game of the season. Why wouldn't we put that out there and help to energize our team and our fan base? How would you handle it if you were the message carrier of the 49ers? I think competitive advantage is overrated in a lot of ways but i mean you know if you can find any i guess it's not the worst thing in the world to obfuscate a little bit like you said um but i don't know i really don't believe <laughs> i don't know what to make of their quarterback situation because you know they trade up for trey lance i think it's very clear they don't like him and i think it's also maybe maybe clear uh that he's just not good and that's maybe why they don't like him uh, and then also, Sam Darnold apparently like might be in the mix, which is just a, a crazy thing to say, given his <laughs> trajectory to this point. Um, so I don't know what to believe fully. It seems like Brock Purdy playing in week one is just too soon based on the severity of the injury and just wanting to you know make sure you handle that right and not rush it. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, it's a strange situation from my perspective. Jody brings up, I hadn't even thought of, uh, competitive advantage, you know, but you know, Nick will Nick takes it to a does it all the time. Degree. Yeah, it takes it to a ludicrous degree. But in this case, if you know Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are pretty different styles of quarterbacks, sure. so what? Why not use it? Uh, I I hadn't even broached that yet. But from my perspective, it's like, why are you putting pressure on this kid coming back from a UCL? Yeah. I, I, I I I don't understand it. And then from John Lynch's aspect, you're the goopball that traded up for Trey Lance. <laughs> I've been saying this pretty consistently. You have a golden opportunity to say, all right, let's give it one more shot with the guy we did all this to, to be our future franchise quarterback. And you could say, well, Brock's not ready. Brock's not ready because he's got a torn ACL. 
you start Trey Lance. If he craps the bed, you pull him when Brock's ready to go and completely healthy and everything's copacetic. And if he turns out to be the guy they once thought he was, that's worthy of the number three pick in the draft. Well, that's like winning the lottery. If he becomes that player, uh, which is odds are pretty long. I think all three of us would agree with that, but nonetheless, I, the whole thing is just strange to me, the way they're handling it. Um, like why? Yeah. Why? I think Nick is smarter in that aspect than Kyle Shanahan. I'll paint the picture and you guys can tell me if you think I'm wrong. And I think you mentioned this here, John, what happens if he's ready by like week four? And Trey Lance is three and one. Yeah. yeah. And he's played well, but not great. Not as well as Purdy did last year. Match the numbers, look at it, analyze it, whatever you want. Not as good as Purdy, but he's three and one. And now Purdy's ready to go. You know what you got? A quarterback controversy. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, do you want a quarterback controversy in a year you want to go to the Super Bowl? I wouldn't if I were in charge. I'd want one guy leading my team. So if Purdy is ready to go week one, he goes week one. And I think you have to target it in that direction all along. And then if he's not, you go, we were hoping, we we were praying he'd be ready for week one, but he's not. So we got to go in another direction. I think the 49ers are handling it the best that they possibly can. I think the, the bigger picture of the 49ers quarterback situation is, for as much as I said, and I believe in Kyle Shanahan has, you know, this massive influence on the organization more than typical head coaches do for their team in general. Um, I don't think it's an organization that's all necessarily pulling in the same direction. Uh, and that certainly it doesn't seem like based on his actions, Kyle Shanahan was ever like super on board with the Trey Lance pick is maybe that was an ownership thing or a John Lynch thing. I'm thinking really? like, you, know, you don't I mean, think they're all on the same page with that. Huh? I, I mean, when has Kyle Shanahan like wanted to put Trey Lance no, on the field? Here's one. Here's one where I'll give John all the credit for because he's been saying this forever. Kyle Shanahan is like a 16 year old girl. Yeah, he can fall in love a minute, one minute, and ten minutes later, you're gonna be in love yeah. with somebody else. Yeah, that I believe that on the day that they drafted Trey Lance, he thought Trey Lance was gonna be a multiple MVP winner in this mm. league, and then Trey Lance hasn't lived up to his expectations. So it's like next. Move on next. How about that Brock Purdy? Next, that Shanahan. He, yeah, he, and he we, we had a, we had uh, my guy. I stick by him kind of guy. We had Clark Judge on the show. Uh, he used to cover the 49ers. Still close um, with the organ. He he agreed with that. I mean, Kyle's to me, Kyle's John Gruden. John Gruden used to do that. He used to fall in love with the quarterback and then fall immediately out of love. I think that's Kyle Shanahan. But to Jody's quarterback controversy point, he never has a problem with it any other year. So my in 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 Jody's scenario, if Trey Lance starts three and one, well, four and oh, it's easy. He keeps playing. Right. Three and one, it gets a little bit more and he plays okay. Maybe you lose a game you're not supposed to lose. It's a little bit more difficult, but I'd say you hold on for one more loss. And then if they lose, he's out and you go back to Purdy. I don't think it's as difficult. And then obviously if he craps the bed two and two, one and three, it's even easier. You just go back to Brock Purdy. I think it's that's that's why I think it's I think it's a perfect situation for them to 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 navigate. And for some reason they're going and putting all this pressure on a kid who's got UCL surgery. 
in, in, in late January. And you're saying, where are we, July 14th? Oh, he's going to be ready. And by the way, you can go back a month to June 14th. Oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be I don't get it, man. I don't yeah, get it. But re remember, John, they don't kick off till September 10th. We're, yeah. we're sitting there in July. They don't play a game for two months. No, but that's my point. It's like, why put the pressure on the kid that you're going to be ready? Um, that's kind of my point. You don't have to at this point. Maybe he is ready. Hmm. But I, I guess my point is, why in July are you putting these trial balloons out there when you don't need to. I don't think it's very smart. I think Nick is smart with that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, yes, he takes the competitive advantage stuff way too far, way too far to a ludicrous degree. But he'll say it about Sean Desai, right? BLG, you heard that. He's like, they're playing the same stinking defensive philosophy. But he doesn't want to say it. He brought back, if you go back to that first game against Atlanta, what did he say? People don't know what we're going to do. Well, they really do, but he thinks they don't, and he tries to use that as an advantage. I got no problem with it. I think it's a smart way to go about your business. Yeah. Um, to to go back to the 49ers a little bit for a second there, um, I mean, it's also kind of like unfair to Brock Purdy in the sense of, too, like, well, first of all, how much time is he going to have to prepare? Like, if he's ready for week one, like, what does that mean? Like, how much of camp is he getting in and how yeah, much do you yeah, need to build up? I, and can, two, I, can I interject? Sure. Comparison of snaps in preseason games, Jalen Hurts to Brock Purdy. How many <laughs> more just, snaps How many more snaps is Jalen going to get than Brock Purdy in preseason? It's not just the games, though. It's like the practices. I mean, I feel like you have to practice a little bit. Yeah, and it might be zero I, versus I, zero, by the way. I, yeah, I think he's. I think he'll be practicing. We yeah. might not say that San Francisco guys will get the same amount of time, 100 minutes, that you guys get to be able to judge. But my guess is Perto will be out there practicing and his teammates will never touch him. Is Brock Purdy definitely good? I guess this is still what I'm wondering, too. I mean, I, I think he did impressive things last year for sure. But this is like the big thing where everyone talked about it after Chip Kelly's first uh, season that was like now the league gets to watch him and gets to adjust unlike the way they could in season where certainly you know they're watching the film they're trying to make some adjustments but it's different when you have like a week or so versus a whole off season of being able to study what he did um, and obviously there's some level of it's just Shanahan because um, it doesn't always matter what quarterback is you back think there. the league's gonna catch up with him this year huh? um I'm just I'm, I'm asking like how good is Brock Purdy and do we see you know, do we see some of those limitations manifest? And also is the fact that I think this kind of gets underrated or underplayed when talking about his injury and everything. He's a small guy. Like that's not irrelevant. Like some of the, you know, I think some of the, you ideally in a perfect world, you want a quarterback who's bigger or at least strong like Jalen Hurts is to who can kind of handle that beating. I don't think Brock Purdy is that guy. Yeah. We never talk about Jalen Hurts now. It's amazing. Uh, Brandon, uh, we, we've been talking about this, um, uh, all we talked about this year leading up to training camp was what's Jalen Hurts got to do? Is he the guy? What's he got to do this season? The Eagles kicked the can back with the drips, picks again. Um, you know, they had made uh, the calls on Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, trying to hit the home run at the position. All of these questions surrounding Jalen Hurts. And now 12 calendar months later, there are no questions. Nobody even brings the guy up because that's the kind of year he had. 
most things in life, it's somewhere in the middle. Should we be questioning anything about Jalen Hurts entering training camp? The way I like to think about things a lot of the time is, you know, has this person or player or team or coach or GM or president or owner or whatever, have they earned the benefit of the doubt? And I think Jalen Hurts clearly has with his performance last season. Um, so, you know, barring some kind of obvious disaster training camp, maybe a little bit similar to I don't, Carson Wentz did not look good prior to the 2020 season. I stand by, I, I felt that way. I didn't know what to make of it at the time because I didn't want to put too much stock in the practice, but he didn't look good. And that was very uh, clear in hindsight as well. Uh, you know, if Jalen Hurts can avoid anything like that, I think it's pretty safe to say that you can just kind of give him that benefit of the doubt. Um, just double check something um, on ESPN's uh, websites. Brock Purdy, 6-1 to 20. Jalen Hurts, 6'1", 223. Okay, but you tell me this is Jalen Hurts' lack of size, wow. too? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my – I say all the time. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't put much stock in some of those listings, Jody. Like I always thought, what what um, people say I, – I would always say, and Brandon knows, it, it, who's bigger, Isaac Samalo or Cam Jurgens, Brandon? Uh, uh, oh, um, Samalo, easily, yeah. Yeah, but not not yeah, right. from the roster. Yeah, and I mean, people will always come back at me. Well, Cam's three hundred five, Isaac's three hundred five. Now they're not the same size. The Kobe Dean, they list the Kobe Dean, Brandon. I'm looking. I got my roster. Two thirty one. And what's the what's the last time that guy saw two thirty one? I wish I'd get the two thirty one, but I don't. I I don't think the Kobe. No. Um, it, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't put. Jalen Hurts. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts next to Brock Purdy, Jody. One that right. is I, I'm just stocky. saying, Mike. Um, we're not. None of the three of us are 49 or beaten porters. We're not in the locker room all the time. I never thought of Brock Purdy as small. Hmm. He's not six five, two forty like Josh Allen. But there are six one quarterbacks in the league that are winning every year. One of them was the runner up for MVP last year. So. I just I I was surprised by your statement that Brock Purdy was small, therefore he's going to get hurt again. Uh, that's just hey, the not... number the number one overall pick wishes he was six one. Uh, he's he's like five ten. He's small. Yeah, he's really small. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with the size. I do think. Well, first of all, I, I you know he was seven and zero. Oh, I think what was he seven mm-hmm. and zero? Oh, right, Jody. Eight if you had the playoff game. Eight, eight. Before he got hurt against the Eagles. Um, and he came into that one game early. Like, it wasn't, he didn't start, but he came into that one game early when Garoppolo got hurt, I believe. And he would have led the league in pass rating if he had enough. Qualified, right. Uh, if, he, if he qualified. So there is going to be regression. I mean, if he plays yeah. 17, let's say he's there week one and he plays 17 games, he's not going to go undefeated. Um, he's, he's, I, I guess he could lead the league in passer rating, but I doubt it, uh, when you get to some of the top tier guys over that large of a sample size, he deserves, it, it's a small sample size, but he deserves a benefit. And I've been, Jody's a big fan. I've been harsher on him. He deserves the benefit of the doubt to at least go out there and, and try it. But, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some regression. Uh, he can't keep up that pace. Uh, that's that's only logical. But um, I do feel 
and everybody does this, and I was cringing. You know, Eagles 49, it's always quarterback versus quarterback. If it's quarterback versus quarterback, I'm going Eagles over 49ers. I mean, I think we could all agree with that, can't we? Mm -hmm. We're not saying he's Jalen Hurts level, but maybe that's an indication you know, none of us thought Jalen Hurts would turn into Jalen. Right. Yeah, you just have to hope that's not the case if they play each other in the playoffs because Taylor Heineke beat Jalen Hurts last year. <laughs> none of us could figure out why, but it did happen. Because so. there's other players on the field. There it's you not go. always quarterback so versus don't quarterback. don't know if when the 49ers and Eagles play, hopefully twice this year, if it'll come down to quarterback versus quarterback or if it'll come down to team versus team. That's what we have to wait for. All right, BLG, what are you doing this week before you got to go back to work next week? I'm going down to the Chesapeake Bay. Going to nice. some relaxing. Nice. Wow. Yeah. You, a, you a big seafood guy? Uh, not necessarily, but uh, I dabble sometimes. That's why I thought no everybody went cakes? to the Chesapeake you, Bay. You they got the best cakes. seafood in the world. Yeah. Might have to. All right. Yeah. Dig on in, brother. Thanks much for hopping in with us. Well, you know we're going to be calling on you plenty during the season. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Thanks, Brandon. Justin. At Brandon Galton, by the way. Follow uh, Brandon. I got to ask people if they're on threads yet. You know, everybody's leaving Twitter for threads, Jody. At Brandon Galton. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mac now did that over the weekend. I'm staying on Twitter. Uh, so I, I, I never got had both. a blue check I got mark. Both. I don't care if I have a blue check mark. I don't care I how the, the, the new head honcho is running it. I'm, I'm not uh, leaving Twitter anytime soon. But that's just me. Uh, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, we are Birds 365. Coming up in less than 20 minutes now, Hunter Brody. We're going to talk to him about the Eagles, but we may talk to him about what he's going to be doing other than talking about the Eagles over the next couple months, couple years. Hunter Brody up next on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. 
Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Got Mac Mac here on Bridge 365. We got a full hour to run, including our buddy Hunter Brody, who uh, most of you hopefully recognize the name. We've had Hunter on before. He's always good when he comes on. Uh, he was part of a show on 97.5 The Fanatic up until a couple of days ago when the best show ever was trimmed by one, a three slash four person show. Jen, uh, the, the anchor slash uh, update person. Uh, contributes on the show as well. They decided to cut it to a three-person show, and Hunter was told his services were no longer needed. Okay, fine. That's the business in which we live. People lose their jobs uh, all the time when they don't necessarily deserve to lose their jobs. Uh, I'm a fan of Hunter. I'm pretty sure John's a pretty big fan of Hunter, too. Uh, don't quite understand it, but doesn't matter to us. If Hunter's willing to come on with us, we'll punch him up because I think he knows the Eagles inside now pretty damn well uh so we get hunter media uh hunter brody aka the head of broads media to join us coming up in yeah broads media by the way existed uh because hunter was on in south jersey uh mike gill station um before he came up here so was jen so was jen scordo by the way she was an update anchor down there before she came to philly um so, yeah, both of them are really good people, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, unfortunately, um, it went the way it went. I don't agree with it. I don't think you agree with it, but we're not in charge, no. unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, really talented, really talented uh, guy, Hunter. The only question I have now is will or will not Hunter be wearing a hat when he comes out with us? PLG did. And Hunter's got hair. He doesn't need to wear a hat. He's got a friggin' man bun back there. Uh, BLG's covering up the naked truth that McDonald and McMullen don't bother with every single day. Nah. I'd run out of hats Early, too quick. Yeah. I, you know, every once in a while, I think about putting on a hat. I just got a the, – the Pro Football Hall of Fame sent me a hat for 
the 4th of July. Um, it's got an American flag on it. I don't know. They just really? sent it to me. Nice. Yeah, it's very cool. That's a, that's a good um, swag list, Jaron. I'll uh, I'll be sporting that at training camp, certainly at, at some point. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll break that one out. Give give everybody a break from the from the dome. The, the uh, shine so that's on your screen every morning here on Birds Three Sixty Five. All right, uh, you mentioned training camp. We are just eleven days away from you. Well, twelve if you count uh, the next day, which is the first day they'll open up practice to everybody. Um, Here's one thing you got to say about the Eagles, and it goes back to uh, from the time Sirianni was hired. They're pretty healthy coming into camp, aren't they, John? The only guy, Derek mm-hmm. Barnett's got a pass of physical to be able to show that he can practice. But other than that, do they have any major injuries, guys who ended last season hurt, who are questionable in any way, shape, or form? Or do you just expect all, are they at 90 or 89 Leo is still part of it, who doesn't count against the roster. I, I would get confused at how many players the Eagles actually have on the team as of right now. Uh, they have uh, 88, they have? 88 active plus one exempt. Um, Josh Shills is still on the exempt list. Uh, Matt Leo counts until the 53. So okay, he counts on the 90. Uh, the one unsigned is Calais Ringo. So they have one really open spot. Um, I'm trying to think of guys who missed uh, OTAs. Abonte didn't practice. He had off-season surgery um, on the foot. Uh, so he's got to be cleared. Uh, Derek Barnett, as you mentioned, I'm trying to think if there's any others. I don't remember anybody else. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anybody else. There were some guys who missed, like Kalei Ringo missed. He practiced the one day we were there, but he didn't practice the second day, so he might have been dealing with, you know, some kind of soft tissue injury or something like that. But, um, yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Everybody else is pretty healthy. You know, Ty, Tyree Jackson. Back. Oh, that's true. Tyree's got to come back and prove it. Yeah, uh, he's but he was practicing. So uh, oh, um, during the OTAs, yeah. he looked uh, perfectly yeah. fine. He looked fine. Um, trying to run down the list. Uh, yeah, I think those are the only two: Abante and uh, and uh, Derek Barnett. It's pretty good. Right. And and Maddox always seems to have something. Not anything major, just enough to keep Madeline, just keep him from not practicing. I don't know if he's a brittle guy or whatever. He's a, uh, an important piece to the Eagles this year. But you and I have talked about <clears throat> this before. Uh, I should ask you specifically about uh, in the practice. But, they, again, they didn't do 12, 11 on 11. So how can you really judge? Can you judge who's, quote, unquote, playing the slot corner? When they're playing seven. Oh yeah, seven. you can judge. You can judge the back. You know the back seven by seven on sevens. You can judge the receivers, all that kind of stuff, because um, that's what it is. It's basically receivers against corners and linebackers, as well. Um, so you can judge those guys. You can't judge the offensive line, and even that, you watch the individuals. They rotate. You know, like the first team guys play with the first team guys, and. Um, second team plays with second team. So yeah, that's how you kind of figure it out. Um, 
And the most interesting part was they defaulted to Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell over DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny in the spring. I don't think that's going to continue in the summer, uh, but we'll see. They might start out that way. I, I don't even think they're going to start out that way. But right with two with two running backs. Why they they how often did the Eagles go two running backs eleven and eleven? Well, no, I meant uh, Boston. They were not playing together, but they split uh, first team reps. Uh, Boston and and Kenny um, and and Swift and Rashad didn't get any first team reps. Um, how do you designate first-team reps in seven-on-seven? Seven? Uh, who, you know, who's out the first rep? Who's out there with Jalen? It's quarterback, center. Uh, somebody snapping the ball, it's not going to be Kelsey. That center's kind of worthless. But, uh, you know, typically 11 personnel. You might have 12 personnel. You might have empty sets. Um, so Swift played with Mariota? Uh, yeah, Swift was on second – Second team, him and Penny, second, third team, the entire yeah, – we're talking about 100 minutes. They didn't get right. one. Not, not all level. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't <laughs> get one – either of them getting, didn't get one first team rep in OTAs um, that we saw. Um, that Boston was number one, by the way. So first rep was Boston Scott both days. Um, and then Kenny mixed in. Uh, so clearly they were defaulting to the guy who's been here the right. longest, longest and that's it. I wouldn't that read too tenure, much into it. Tenure matters. Yeah. Um, but uh, in those uh, first team drills, however you determine who the first team on defense was, it was uh, Avante Maddox not ready to go. So he was not the No, that's why Zach, corner Zach McPherson the, was the slot corner. He, so he was, was a, the slot corner, yeah. not that Josiah every, Scott. No, took Zach took every first team rep in, in the slot, every single one. Again, hundred minutes, but every single one, which was one of the bigger stories of OTAs because that was, I think that was meaningful. That was an indication that they want to make that change. They want to make that shift because um, he had been the top outside corner, but now top backup outside corner. But now they have. Ringo, they have Greedy Williams, they got a bunch of guys, Josh Job, who's an outside corner, uh, McKee Garter, even the undrafted kids, Eli Ricks, all big, long outside corners. They got a bunch of bodies. You would think one is going to be able to be the backup outside, and that enables Zach McPherson to move inside, which is a good thing because I think he's a better player than Josiah Scott. Which is the reason why I put Zach Mack on my top 25 list at number 25. I think he's going to play because, A, it seems like the coaching staff has a little bit more faith than him. B, they've got him at the position that he's probably best suited to play. And C, yeah, Maddox always seems to get hurt. Again, not debilitating yeah. injuries, not out for the rest of the year, but miss a game here, miss two games there which means if you're looking at a backup and we get to top 25, you only got 22 starters. Who are your key backups? Yeah, I think Zach Mack might be that for the you know, it, You know, we talk about, and it's shifting. We talked about size just a little bit with Brock Purdy and, and different quarterbacks and Bryce Young and how small he is. And 
you know, Devontae Smith back in the day, we were all not you, but most of us were worried about his size and he proved us wrong. Um, Kyler Murray, um, even going back to Russell Wilson, um, we'll see this year with N'Kobe Dean, Hassan Reddick, you know, 235 right. playing, yeah, playing on the edge. My God, how can he be? A, a lot of guys, a lot of guys have proven that wrong. Avante Maddox, though, really small, really physical, and he's banged up a lot. Maybe that's the problem. He's he's too physical for his own good. Um, and he he's had trouble staying healthy. Um, just throwing it out there. Yeah. Uh, no, but he's it, really, really physical. Right. Here's why I agree with you, John. If Avante Maddox is oft times hurt, do you think it's because – He's on the smallish side, or he tries to play bigger than his body actually is. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, you don't want to take that away from him because it's unique. And that's, that's a big part of the slot, the biggest difference. I mean, you got to, you got to stick your nose in run bits. And, and, you know, he got hurt uh, uh, the last injury, um, you know, on that against Dak Prescott. You remember that play was like a missile coming, coming across. And I mean, he just throws his body around and, um, you know, if you're, I'm looking at what they list Avante at, um, one eighty four five nine. I was going to say, if they go over five ten, they're just flat out lying. Oh, uh, no, but yeah. And, 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 you know, he's short and that's, a problem when he played outside. You remember the one year he played out, he wasn't very good. I mean, because it's hard to play outside cornerback when you're that short. But the weight is more, is he, is he 184? Maybe on his best day. Um, but he plays like he's two, 205, you know. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, but maybe he's not the player he is if he, doesn't play like that. And here's one oh. thing that very good coaches do. And oh, by the way, Nick Sirianna does it. So more power to him. You want to hunt matchups. If there's a matchup against Eagles, as much as you and I both like Avante Maddox, you want to try and get a bigger wide receiver into the slot so that you may be able to get that up for grabs ball with your six foot three slot wide receiver over the five foot nine slot corner the Eagles have on the field. That's legit. And that's why I always nod my head yes when I hear Nick Giriani say, We want our receivers to be able to play in every year. You got to be X, you got to be Y, you got to be Z. If I throw you in the slot, you got to be able to slot. Doesn't matter inside or outside. Yeah, you want to do that to be able to hunt that matchup where you can get an advantage. Sirianni does it, and the other better coaches around the league do it as well. McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Oh, he's got a hat on. Uh, if I were a betting man, I would have bet hat on. I would have been a winner. Hunter Brody joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. 
Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, got fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. Dance on Brody. Hit that like button. You might not like McMullen and McDonald or us every once in a while getting into a heated debate about what we do. No, they love that, Jody. They love that. That's the only thing they love. They some hate do. us, but they love that. Some do, some won't. We'll see if we'll find out if we get into a heated debate about uh, anything with Hunter Brody. Broads, how are the Eagles going to replace Miles Sanders? Ah, oh, that's a good that's a good question. Throw me right in here, huh? Yes. Yeah. Throw you in the deep end of the pool, my friend. By committee. I mean, that's probably like the least sexy answer ever, but you throw DeAndre Swift in there and you just go by committee and let Kenneth Gainwell build off of what he did at the end of last season and Boston Scott against the Giants is automatic for 75 touchdowns. So, you know, between that and Jalen Hurts continuing to use his legs, they'll just find a way by committee. Who knows? Maybe Trey Sermon gets into the mix too. You can't rule that out. Yeah. Yeah, well, Nick Sirianni keeps bringing him up out of nowhere, so maybe that is the case. I will say, uh, I don't like committees, bros. If I say I don't like committees, I need a damn lead back who's going to be the lead back. I don't want to hear committee. I want a lead stinking back. 
Who's my that, lead that's back? Fine. That maybe that's Swift if he can stay healthy. So maybe someone throughout this journey establishes themselves as the guy and then they move forward with it. We know they're going to implement others and, you know, you know how yeah, that works. But maybe yeah. someone does grab it by the horns and, and take it for a ride at some point. If I told you that Jalen Hurts will lead the Philadelphia Eagles in carries this year, would you be surprised? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. No, I don't know. Does that upset people because they want him to take a step oh, back? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. There's a percentage of Eagle depends. fans go, yeah. we can't get him killed now. He's our $250 million man. Yeah, but this is where it's a problem for me. Now, I understand there's a balance, but if you remove that element from his game, you're losing the power of what he provides and the threat that he is. So you got to find the equal balance. Of course, you don't want to throw him out there and, and have him take a billion shots, but I don't know. I think he's a smart runner out there. How many times do you see him kind of turtle and slide down because he knows someone's guy? Like he's a, he's a smart football player. I trust him more than some others. Like Others will... I don't know. I mean, he's not like Shady McCoy. He's got one hand on the ball and he's just running around and, you know, guys are flying around. I mean, he's a smart quarterback. Let him take the carries and we'll see where it gets us. I mean, we, yeah, I'm going to throw this at you, Broads. It's, we talk about this every offseason. I talk about it. Everybody talks about it. You've talked about it. Jody's talked about it. Everybody thinks they can legislate injuries. Where is their evidence? of anybody being able to legislate an injury. I, you know, I look at somebody like Rashad Penny. The first day I met him, I go, oh, this guy's a prick. You know what? How this, this guy is just unbelievable. And he tears his ACL. He breaks his fibula. Those aren't like soft tissue injuries where maybe somebody's taken five weeks to come back from a four week injury or whatever people think they should come back from a hamstring or what have you. Why do people think they can legislate what can't be legislated? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're right. You can't, you know, you can't foresee this stuff coming. Who would have thought that Brandon Graham would have the Achilles. Then he comes back and has 11 sacks. No one would have thought that that would have been the case. So just from the angle of you can't predict this stuff, you can't predict it. Carson Wentz, he's not the guy who's running around the field like Lamar Jackson or any of these other mobile quarterbacks, but then there goes his knee when he got hurt in the year they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's like what they want to do is find an angle to justify their take. So if there's someone who believes that Jalen Hurts shouldn't run more, well, then of course they're going to utilize the injury factor and say that he can't run the football more. And, you know, they just try and, I guess, use the injury side of the discussion to, to defend whatever they feel. All right, bro, Broads, John and I always get off on this tangent, but I think it's a debate worth having. Sure. Eagles throwing the ball to, re to running backs. However they're going to do that, whatever the formation is, a running back making a catch for the Philadelphia Eagles. Last year, limited at best. They didn't do it very much. There were reasons for it. Miles Sanders on the field most of the time, and that's not a Miles Sanders strength. It was his rookie year and just kind of disappeared on him. They add uh, Swift this year, who's been very good at it during his Lions time. People like you, you've already said, oh, Kenny Gainwell in the playoff. And one really good playoff game. Uh, and people say the entire playoff run. Look at this um, guy. 
<laughs> do I need to show you the stats from the other two playoff games that Kenny Gainwell didn't do all that? Phenomenal against the Giants. The other two playoff games, people just blatantly overstate what he actually did. But one of his strengths is catching the ball out of the backfield. Is that going to be a bigger factor of the Eagles offense this year, throwing the ball to the running backs? Yes, yes, yes. And I can't wait to see it. I actually feel like Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen felt handcuffed because of Miles Sanders. Now, maybe they have more information than we do. You mentioned there was a time or maybe that was more a part of his game and it wasn't as his Eagles tenure continued to move forward. But I thought they felt as if, and their offense was powerful. They could score at will, but there was probably more to be desired. And I think that they felt like there was another layer to this in a whole nother tier for this offense to, to move, but they just couldn't because they didn't buy into Miles Sanders in that way. And maybe there was a reason for it. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the passing game with the running backs. And I think that's one of the reasons why maybe Miles Sanders isn't here. It hindered what they wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I don't think Miles was a great pass receiver. That's no great uh, <laughs> unveiling yeah. of a philosophy, but and DeAndre Swift has already proven he can do it in Detroit. He's got like 150 receptions over three seasons. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, I think, is really good at it. People just don't know it because the Eagles don't do it. But here's the thing, bros. I think they don't do it because of the quarterback. The quarterback can get more than just dumping the football off to the running back. And, you know, if they had Phillip Rivers, as Nick Sirianni had in the past, they'd be throwing the football to the running back all the time. But, and then here's the second part that I think I don't bring up often enough. AJ's always open. It's his Twitter handle. Always open. Um, and he is. Even when he's not open, he's open because of his size and his, his, his ability. Devontae Smith, one of the best route runners in the NFL, always open. Dallas Goddard, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, always open, even though he doesn't believe in the moon landing. I'm never getting to the running back because these guys are always open. Yeah, it's an excellent point. No, you're right. I mean, normally if you're getting to the running back at times, it's, you know, you're checked down and it's in the flat or something like that. And you're just getting the football out. And at that point, after you look through so many progressions, if someone's not open, which you find it hard at that rate, you know, maybe Jalen Hurts uses his legs, picks up seven and slides, or he gets the first down and runs out of bounds. So maybe that's a big part of this. I don't know. You know, the most intriguing thing, uh, and I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but with these two new coordinators, I like what I heard from Sean Sigh on the defensive end when he spoke a while back, but that relationship between Hertz and Brian Johnson, like I'm ready to see what these two are going to be like as a relationship. And if they are going to try and dial back Jalen Hertz with his legs to a little more of a degree, maybe that's something that does get incorporated when you don't see your first three progressions the way you want to let's incorporate that running back in there. And maybe him and Brian Johnson are working on that together. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here as we're talking Eagles in July and waiting for the season to kick off, but I wouldn't be shocked because as much as I want them to keep using Hertz in a way where he's dynamic and I know they will, I'm sure to some level they're going to peel it back because they did pay him the fat bag. And how he's like, well, this is my investment. Damn it. Let's not, uh, you know, let's not be too foolish balancing act which the eagles are going to have to pull this year which is yeah. fun to watch and debate all right uh one 11 days from now the eagles will report 12 days from now they'll have their first practice johnny mack will be there for the 37 minutes they allow him to be on the field um will there be a rotation at right guard 
Will there be a competition at right guard? Is it Jurgen's job to lose? Or do they want to keep flexibility just in case that Kelsey guy, I think most people have heard of Kelsey, the starting center, um, uh, does catch some kind of injury. And, oh, by the way, he takes a lot of downtime that he's earned during practice. How's Jurgen's to right guard going to go this year in camp for the Eagles? It seems like it's his job to lose. Now, you, John, would probably know a little bit more as you're in the day-to-day grind. I do remember seeing something from Zach Berman not too long ago mentioning Steen about, you know, the intrigue on him and all. But, uh, you know, I think after what happened last year, and I know they wanted to try and cross-train him a bit, but then the Jason Kelsey stuff happened and he wasn't practicing, so then they slotted him in at center and Jeff Stoutland didn't have the time to work with him maybe as much as he would like to cross-train him throughout the line. But, yeah, I think it is Cam Jurgens because, you know, is it a hard sell to say we drafted this guy a couple of years back and now he's not playing again? Or you could look at it the other way and say, well, Steen, I mean, look, that means we got a snag in Steen if that means that Cam Jurgens is just chilling and he's not performing yet. But I would think that he's going to get the nod here as long as he goes out there and does his job. But, uh, John, what do you think about that? You're, you're in more of the – Well, the, I, I, yeah. here's the thing with – Steen, they want him to be the right guard. The question is when, you know, they always, and and remember part of as good as Jason Kelsey has been. And obviously we all know how good he's been. The Eagles set up the offensive line to protect his lack of size. They had Brandon Brooks for years. It was Isaac Sayamala, Landon Dickerson on the other side, big physical guys that can maybe help Kelsey out that is one weakness when when you go up and Jason will tell you this you know Linval Joseph when he was on the Giants you know he used to give Kelsey fits because he was the strongest player in the NFL um you know Bita Bea gave him fits at that playoff game just big physical guys um and they 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 want that big body um to sort of protect the undersized center so long-term, Cam Jurgens is going to be the center. He's undersized like Kelsey. That's why they want Tyler Steen to be the right guard. But here's the problem. He's a rookie. He played left tackle and right tackle in college. Never played right guard before. People think Stoutland's a, a, a miracle worker. He is for the most part. He's going to make, you know, wherever you are, if he's working with Hunter Brody, you're going to be better. That's right. After you're working, if he's working with Jody McDonald, Jody's going to be better. But that doesn't mean you're going to be starting right guard NFL caliber right away. Isaac is a great point of this. Isaac is left here as a very good player, as a Pro Bowl level player. But it took him a couple years. It took him a couple years to get to that point. I don't know if Tyler Steen can make that transition right away. So Cam Jurgens is basically going to have to do it. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I see it the same way for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's fascinating. It's, it, it's funny though with Isaac, because when you look at this offensive line for a while, he was the one to get all the blame and the fans were screaming at him. And there were times where he did struggle early on, as you mentioned, but man, it's, it's it's a spoiled fan base with that O-line. If Isaac yeah. Sayamalu is the worst one on it. Very right. spoiled, offensive line-wise. Yeah, you're right. What, Jody, what, Jody? You didn't think Isaac was good either? I'll no, play, he loves I'll play, Isaac. I'll play Eagles fan here for you. Okay. Is Isaac Sayamalu a Pittsburgh Steeler now because 
he uh, was it a false start or did he jump? He, he moved too early in the Super Bowl right before Jalen Hurts fumbled the football. It that was happened. third and one. Isaac took the penalty. All of a sudden, it's third and six. Next uh-huh. thing you know, Jalen unforced error, dropped the ball. Kenzie picks it up, goes into the end zone. Is that why Isaac Samalo is no longer an Eagle? No. But did you rewatch the whole game? I've rewatched it several times. I okay. just well, I'm saying, I know that was the big uh, the big point over the last uh, 24 hours over there. I didn't know if you went for the whole rewatch. Oh, uh, yeah. WIP rewatch. I was wondering, why is everybody rewatching the Super Bowl? I, evidently, they did something um with re-watching the Super Bowl. Uh uh yeah, I I think Isaac got eight million a year from uh from uh Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah just they, too expensive. Yep, uh, here's your answer. Financial. Yeah. And and I think he deserved the money. I was an Isaac guy. I think he was a great player and I think he will be missed, whether it's Jurgens or Steen, if you're breaking down game film afterwards, will they get as good right guard play this year as they no. did last year? No. My guess is gonna be no. no. And no. I don't even know if it's gonna be close. Will it have a massive effect and change the Eagles overall offensive line? I don't know about that because the other four guys are so good, but I think they're gonna miss Isaac Sayamala. Yeah, I think we can all agree. I think he's he was one of the most underrated players on the team. I mean, Kelsey swears by him. Lane swears by him. Stoutland loves him. I, I remember when you're struggling early in his career. Um, remember during the Super Bowl season, they wanted him to be the starting left guard, and they had to bench him for Stefan Wisniewski. That's right. Um, and somebody asked Stoutland uh, – it was the next season if they were thinking about moving on from Isaac and he looked at him like he was had three heads. He said, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, he loves them, but you can't pay everybody. I mean, the Eagles would love to have Javon Hargrave back. You can't pay him $21 million. Um, and when you have all the depth, they have a defensive tackle. Um, they'd love to have everybody back, but you had to pick and choose. So I'll go down that route with you, Hunter. Howie Roseman um, versus Nick Sirianni. Who's more important? Who? Howie Roseman. Yeah. Yeah. Howie Roseman's more important. There's just the whole roster construction. Like, this is no knock on Nick Sirianni, but I do think it's more the nature of the position. It's easier to find a good head coach than it is to find someone that understands every angle of a GM, like how he does the financial side on top of, you know, being able to get some of these players, whether there's a good team around him, scouting department, this or that, you know, all that stuff. But it's way more difficult to get someone in the trenches in the GM room, I think, than it is to find a head coach. But that's no knock at all on on Sirianni. Here's where I think Sirianni is going to be judged this year, at least. No, let me state this correctly. Here's where I'm going to judge Sirianni this year. The job that the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator do, because it's my belief, and John would know better than me because he's down there all the time, I think those were both Sirianni hires. We go back and forth between how much influence does the general manager the owner have with filling out the coaching staffs here in Philadelphia. We know that there's been – different times and different influences and changes. And I think that they kind of went hands off with Sirianni like this year and let him pick and choose how he wanted to replace the two coordinators who went out the door. 
yeah, both of these guys need to do a good job coming in. It's funny to say that that's a big responsibility of the coach, but picking his right-hand men are very important. Do you think the Eagles will be as good, better, or not as good at the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator positions at Sirianni Field? Big shoes, big shoes to fill, but I think that these guys are absolutely uh, capable of doing that for sure, especially, like I said, the Brian Johnson. I'm, like, thrilled to see what this is all about. Remind me again, though, of, of who left upset because they thought they were going to get the D.C. job. Bernard was, Wilson. Yes, yeah, yes. I was going to say, that's, yeah. that's a Nick Sirianni hire. And, and to be blunt, uh, you know, the reason Denard's not here is because he wanted to change things a little bit. And Nick wants to run the same philosophy. So the, the, the same philosophy that everybody hates, uh-huh. that's why Sean Desai is here. Well, it's Question. important to note this stuff, too, because we know how the Doug Peterson thing went. And towards yeah. the end, it was hostile and all that. So, yeah, I think that's a good point, Jody. He's like, we need to look at this hire in, in Nick Sirianni and see his ability. Like, the front office trusts him enough to be able to do this, while the last regime, who won a Super Bowl, they felt they had to put their hands on more. So they're giving him more of a leash, and maybe he deserves that, or maybe they screwed up the way they handled Doug. I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. But I think the head coach should have the opportunity to do that. It's like when you when you handcuff a manager and say you're not allowed to put the lineup card out every night. It's coming from the GM or the analytics staff. It's like, well, wasn't that part of this is you give yeah. them the free range to work and put whoever they want to bat lead off and all that stuff? Well, with the head coach, if you trust the guy who's calling the plays every Friday or Sunday, excuse me, and putting together the game plan every single week, you got to give them a chance to to hire their guys and bring out their whole philosophy. So I, I'm going to look at that angle pretty heavily as well, but I feel confident in the two guys that are here. And correct me if I'm wrong, John, here, but Brian Johnson is quarterback coach and Howie Roseman hire as much as a Nick Sirianni yes, hire. Yes. Uh, but, Nick didn't have a previous relationship with uh, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. But, but I, you know, Brian Johnson as the offensive coordinator, that's Sirianni's call. Yes. Because he had him underneath and saw that he had to well, you know, Brian's, did, and that's why he gave him the job. Brian's kind of interesting because the Eagles didn't want to lose him. And if they didn't promote him to offensive coordinator, they would have lost him to be an offensive coordinator elsewhere. Who do you think would have hired him? Uh, Carolina was heavy in on him. There was another team. Uh, would Shane Steichen snag him? But potentially Shane might snag him if you, if you put him in that position. There was another team though, and I'll try to look it up in the break, but there were two teams. I know Carolina was one of them. Um, it, it, now, the only reason I don't think it's important because it's not like, I think the offensive staff is a lot more. It, 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 I mean, Nick's an offensive guy. It's his, it, it doesn't matter. The titles to me are kind of irrelevant, to be honest, because they all sort of work together. Kevin Petullo, and I've been saying this for years, is the closest guy to Nick Sirianni. And he was the passing game coordinator. Now he's been given Hunter the associate head coach tag. You know, you give him that cheers title. I like to say it if you like old. Uh, TV sitcoms to make him happy. I don't know. He's just close. And I think if they weren't afraid of losing Brian, he might've been the offensive coordinator, but that's just a guess. Um, 
Well, I remember that being the buzz. I mean, when that whole thing was happening and they were trying to figure out who was going to take that next step and be that OC, his name was getting thrown around there a lot. You remember when Nick got COVID and was in danger of missing a game, the head coach was going to be Kevin Petula. Yep. The head coach of that game. I forget what game it was, but the head coach was going to be Kevin Petulo to the point where he was doing press conferences with us, Zoom conferences. Um, so, yeah, he's he's really close to Nick Sirianni. But the more interesting, because Nick isn't as involved with the defensive side, except he wants what he wants. And he wants to limit explosive plays, and he wants to win the turnover battle. And that's why they play the stupid philosophy they play. <laughs> I don't and that's do why that. Sean Desai is here. So I don't, I, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Not yet. Wait until September, what, 13th, 7th, whatever it is. But Sean is better at framing it than Jonathan Gannon. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, the, yeah. his press con- – it's funny. It kind of yeah. slipped under the radar a little yeah. bit because maybe there were other sports things going on, but – I, I don't his, know. His press much. conference was great. Was yeah, I great. agree. But yeah. Nick Sirianni sucked, and look how good he is. Yeah, that's and true. It just always makes me laugh that Vic Fangio's name will be forever utilized here in town until the head coach that's here is no longer here because, yeah, it's going to be his defense that the Eagles are going to be running. All right, Hunter, uh, uh, when I text and ask you to come on the show, I asked you if you wanted to talk about the fact that you've got that much more time for Broads Media these days because 97.5, the Fanatic, decided your services were no longer needed in the afternoon drive. Both John and I are on record already that we think they made a big mistake. How did it come down? How did uh, the parting of the ways go? Yeah, look, I drove in Monday around noon when I get to the studio normally, and I, I got a phone call from the program director that said, We'd like to, you know, speak to you. Unfortunately, Beasley Media had to make some decisions and, um, you know, kind of figured it was going in the direction it was as I was walking up the elevator there. But, yeah, look, I, I, you know, I can't thank them enough for the opportunity for what they did. I was there for over two and a half years. I had a blast. Uh, I spoke to a lot of people in this industry about what's going on here. Obviously, I'm, I'm very young. And uh, still got a long ways ahead of me. And they all said, look, if you're going to make it in this business, there's three or four more of these coming your way. That's inevitable. And, um, you know, you guys know how it is. I've seen it from the other side. I've watched people, great people in this industry. Uh, Jamie Lynch at 97.5 The Fanatic went through this. Rich Hoffman just went through. There's so many great people that this, you know, unfortunately goes to. And um, it's just my turn for it. And it's going to keep our foot on the gas, keep attacking Broge Media, see where it goes. And. Yeah, you know, no hard feelings. I get it. It's a nasty, nasty cutthroat business, and I had my guard up the whole time with it, and, you know, it it gets everyone, unfortunately. And the worst, you never get to say goodbye in this industry. Never get to say goodbye. So I want to give you that opportunity to say goodbye if you want to say goodbye to your 97.5 listeners. Yeah, before before I get there, I got got one more. Sure. One more Eagles thing for you. And that's uh, uh, Netflix, uh, the quarterback show. Have you watched it? Um, I have not, but it's on my rate. So it's funny you say last night it got real big on my feed for whatever reason. I guess maybe my TikTok algorithm, but I put it in my head like, all right, I know what I'm watching, you know, pretty soon. So it's it's on the list. Uh, Marcus Mariota is one of the the three quarterbacks they sort of follow and document. And it's pretty ugly the ending in in Atlanta 
And I told Jody, it doesn't come across the best way. Um, he's the backup quarterback, so I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But you think when people get to watch this thing and they frame it the way they frame it, that it could be an issue saying, you know, I think a lot of people think the Eagles made an upgrade at backup quarterback. I'm not sure they did. I'm not sure they did. Maybe my opinion changes when I actually see it, but, you know, if it's ugly, it's ugly. I don't know. I always have a lot of confidence in the Brandon Grahams, the Jason Kelseys, the Lane Johnsons. I don't know. How much fun can you have when you're down in Atlanta and it's a disaster the way yeah, that it is yeah, compared yeah. to a, a winning Not an Arthur Smith fan. Know. You know what? It's funny. I'm not now, but at the time when he was available, I didn't mind the hire. Like, you yeah. know, you go from what you were there with Atlanta and you bring him in, Tennessee, OC. It's like, hey, maybe, you know, there's something to it. He but might be, He might be one of those guys that's a good offensive coordinator, but the big work job's out. a little bit too big of a, a gig for him. Maybe like Gannon, just as a D.C., and the head yeah. coach jumped too well, much. No, he, was, he wasn't a good D.C. I don't I, – you didn't hear that, Hunter? Well, listen <laughs> – I got to agree with the irrationals on that side. There's, there's always a little bit of irrational in me, right? I mean, I'm human. I, yeah. I like that side of my irrational uh, feelings. Fair enough. Do you, Fair enough. Do you think that Gannon will be a failure as a head coach for what reason? That he's, Dude, he's married to the cornball, man. He's a, he's, he's a cornball. I don't think these people are going to respect the hell out He is a cornball. There's no question. Yeah, about if Nick that. is, but I Nick's was going to say, how about Nick the head coach of the Eagles? Yeah. If you put two guys side by side, who's the bigger cornball to use your there, face? That's from? a fair point. Nick Sirianni or point. Uh, Rich Ken? Who's the bigger one? Oh, it's Sirianni, and it's not really yeah. close. But but here's the difference: Sirianni comes off authentic. Corny, it's real. Gannon is like. I think he like tries to me he's full cornball. <laughs> Who would uh, choose to be full cornball? Full cornball. But no, you one. become corny when you think you got swag and like he, he carries himself like he's cool, but he's not. So it comes off douchey. I don't know, man. I just I'm anti Gannon. I think he's a yeah, clown. Yeah, yeah, you and are. Remember, bro, you're he going was... full cornball. You are absolutely anti Gannon. Remember, uh, Hunter. <laughs> He was cool for 10 seconds. When he that G-Wagon. Yeah. When he put that window down and said, uh, we're going to effing gut him or whatever the hell he said. Eagles fans loved him for 10 seconds. Yeah, that's about yep. it. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, he went the wrong way thereafter. Hunter, last thing. John kind of yes. uh, teed you up for it. You didn't chose not to. I'm going to give you another chance here. Yeah. Anybody you want to say thank you to, anybody you want to say to uh, be it either fans or former employees or uh, yeah, please give me, give me these. You, got, you gotta, you gotta have a yeah. a specific emotion about yeah, somebody. If there's your favorite caller, how badly you're gonna miss? Give them. me the worst caller. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. positive or negative. I'll take yeah. either one, but you gotta you gotta single somebody out for us, Listen, you know what? I'm gonna go the positive route. Oh. And, uh, yep, I'm going positive. I'm going positive. Uh, listen, I worked with Tyrone Johnson for a couple of years now. We started Saturday afternoons, actually Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon. And I didn't really know him. Then. They just kind of threw us together. And uh, he's taught me a lot about this. You know, the approach every single day, how hard to work in this industry. Um, you know, a lot of things behind the scenes that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take away from and apply that to anything that I do. Not even just this industry. Anything I do working-wise, his approach and mental, the way he attacks 
things is is um it's very interesting and it's eye-opening and I love it. Like I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I go back and I think about, okay, what was this experience all about? Why was I supposed to be at that spot on that show? And uh, it's a lot that I learned from him. So I'm going to just say thank you to him and Ricky Bow and Jen and, and the crew. But uh, we worked together for a couple years now and, and uh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Hunter, uh, I thought you did a great job on the show. Uh, I feel uh, that they made a mistake. But again, you and I don't really count. It's the people <laughs> who make those decisions that do. And you kind of reference people in this business. Oh, I've been fired plenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been told my services are no longer needed. You and know. yeah, the first day, couple of days, you're questioning yourself and you shake it. Oh, you get over it real fast. It's it's it. As soon as you get the next good gig, you forget about the uh, people that made a mistake by letting you go. And yeah, every once in a while, you clear something out of your eye to feel better yeah, about yourself. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, before you know it, you're feeling perfectly fine. Yeah. And yeah, you you will be coming on uh, Birds Three Sixty Five plenty all season yes, I long. Will. Thanks for jumping in with us today, bud. Absolutely. Thanks, a, yep, absolutely. Have a good one, guys. Hunter Brody, with the hat. He's always a hat guy. He's he can he can wear a hat better than He's either. Got the flyers too, repping the flyers, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rebuilding. Keith Jones, do it. Good. Although they had that scandal where they're talking down to the uh, Inquirer reporter. That didn't, that, that, that that did not go well. That did not um, go well. Uh, yeah, we're not getting off on a Flyers tangent here. We only got a couple <laughs> minutes left for the day. John McMullen, Jody McDonald coming back to put a bow on the show. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, 
We'll give you another 20% off, and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, uh, run out of time on a football Friday here on Birds 365. Johnny Mac next week will be work. Uh, we'll be back here on Monday, and it is the last week before the Eagles actually show up in camp and the season gets underway. I did see one note that I want to ask you. We got four minutes here so we can get into it. Um, somewhere, someplace, they noted that there's a chance that for the 2024 season, I think it was Zach Berman, uh, noted 2024, the Eagles could actually open up at home. They haven't opened up at home for the last three years. This will be a fourth that they're opening on the road. But the Philly schedule came out for 2024. The football schedule hadn't come out for 2024 yet because they haven't started 2023. So why would they put? But baseball's already put out their schedule for next season. Yeah. And on uh, September 15th, is that when the – the, the the NFL is pushing all the way back till September fifteenth. Yeah, I got, I I got I haven't looked at Labor Day, but they've gone that way. Labor Day it, it starts. Second. Yeah, September I I don't know why you would you would think they would push it earlier um, than later because of how late the Super Bowl is now. I and and now they want to go to eighteen games. You would think they would want to push it earlier. Uh, I don't know why they've done that, but they've done that the past couple seasons. I, I, I don't like it, by the way. Um, I want to get to the regular season as quickly as possible because I want to get out of training camp in the preseason. But by that point, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought you were going to bring up. They're getting, um, they're getting damn close to what people have been screaming about for the last several years. Just put it on President's Day weekend. Just go ahead and do it. Get it, get it over and done with. Uh, that way you have the day after as a national holiday. It's most people's national holiday. Anyway, a lot of people call out of work on the day <laughs> after the Super Bowl is played anyway. Just go ahead and do it now. Schedule yeah. it now. Start with that be. and work your way back rather than try and figure out where you're going to start and work your way forward. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to go Calais Ringo working out with Buda Baker. Uh, did you see really? that? I didn't yeah. see that. And there were a bunch of Eagles fans who tweeted me the picture. Uh, Calais is recruiting Buda Baker. I'm like, Calais Ringo turned 21 on June 27th. He's not signed. He's not an Eagle and he's yet. He's not he's even signed. Theory. Yeah, he's not even signed yet. Yeah, I wouldn't take that, uh, uh, take too much into that. Now, hey, Buda Baker. I think Jeremy Fowler was doing his uh, top 10 list safeties. Buda Baker, number four. Could he help this team? Oh, yeah. That's the one guy I said, if you remember, I typically say, nope, nope, nope. I want to give credit. Can I give credit before we leave to your uh, weekend partner, uh, Glenn Mack, now? Because Glenn tweeted out some weird uh, 
I swear to God, I thought this was a joke, Jody. It's called Swing Graphs. Um, you know, and it's a baseball tweet. Ellie De La Cruz is an exciting player, but he has a very big problem. His attack angle is second lowest in Major League Baseball. Only, is it Eric Cosmer? I think it's Eric. Eric Cosmer is lower. This has cost him a whopping 81 points of XWOBACON. So fortunate because with his above average VPA, he could easily have top quartile contact quality. I thought this was a joke, Jody. I thought this was an onion story, making fun of analytics and baseball. Evidently, who's, who's it's not tweet, a joke. Whose tweet was it? Uh, something called Swing Graphs. Uh, at Swing Graphs. Go to Glenn's Twitter account. It's hilarious. See it if you can hilarious. figure out what I'm doing here. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought... when, when I go, when I get that far in depth, please, if I can't do it to myself, please, I'll ask you. I thought Which you probably I... would have done quite easily in our first hour when we were arguing back and forth. You probably would have taken a gun and shot me. Uh, feel free to go ahead and just do that. Just I... kill me. If I ever get that in uh, just overly involved in analytics, please. Put me out of my I thought I, I I swear to you, I thought it was satire. I thought it was a joke. Man, oh, you, you pro don't, sports. You pro don't sports. know how uh, sinistimal you can get the analytics if you really want to go there. Uh, it, it, unfortunately, football's yeah, that's why I've read, football's going that route not as quickly. But man, somebody's got to stop it. Somebody's got to stop it. So that's my last uh, soapbox. So you can shoot yourself uh, twice yeah, today. when when. When it gets to that level, that's when I'm Audi 5000. As are Mac and Mac, we are Audi 5000 for the week. We'll be back here on Monday. What are we going to talk about? I have no bloody idea because we got to kill another week before we actually get to the opening of camp. But we'll make it up for you. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll yell at each other. People will like it. Come up. We'll come up with something. Uh, Johnny Mac, have a good weekend. To all of you viewers for uh, Birds 365, have a great weekend. Enjoy. Last couple, uh, this week and next week. Next week, you're going to have to zero it. You're going to have to be doing analytical breakdowns of the yeah. Eagles next weekend to get ready for the opening of camp. So go out and get shit-faced or something this weekend. Don't be bothered getting too analytical with football. Because Mac and Mac will be back here in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.